Welcome to Getting to the Heart of Business, brought to you by The Online Co., where we believe the best way to help small and medium businesses grow is by putting people first. I'm James Parnwell, and in this episode, we talk about the hugely important and mysterious topic that is SEO. It's such a huge area with so many tasks to be done, it's hard to know where to start. So today, we're going to give you seven things to help you get off the ground. If you've been doing SEO on your website for a while, then this acts as a little like a checklist. However, if you're new to SEO, then these seven items are the perfect place to start. I'm joined as always today by Jess. G'day, Jess. Hello, James. And we've got a special guest today. And our special guest is Rich Brown, who's our head of SEO here at the Online Co. How are you, Rich? I'm very well. Very good. Rich, I'd love to know what is your earliest memory of SEO or your earliest SEO memory? Uh, well, I started my first website in late 98, early ni- 1999. Wow. And yeah. Was Google around then? It was, okay. I guess. I didn't know about it. I didn't really know about it. I think within that year, 1999, I had heard about Google. And so somehow they had my email address and I got an email from them saying, Hey, we got this new thing called analytics. Would you like to sign up? And you can find out who, who's coming to your website and you know what they're, how they're getting there. And I was like, sure. So I signed <laughs> this up. This new thing, Google analytics. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I don't know how, I don't know how new it was. They'd probably tested it before that, but I was one of the first people to sign up for it. So. Well, okay. So that's going back. What, like say like, 24 years ago? 20, it was 99, I would say. Uh, yeah, it might okay. have been 2000 when that, I don't, I don't know, I'm fuzzy on the details, but. Wow. Very um, early yeah. Google days. Yeah. Safe yeah. to say you've got a fair bit of experience then. Yeah, I kind of, so, I like to say that I stumbled across SEO because I had a website <laughs> and I was getting traffic and I didn't know why. And then this analytics thing sort of gave me insight into where they were coming from and what terms they were using to find me. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. That led me down all sorts of different yeah. pathways, most of them dodgy at the time, but you know. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, I suppose then with that much experience, what's the stupidest SEO mistake you've ever seen? <laughs> There's so many, so many to choose from. <laughs> um, How do you pick just one? Yeah. I mean, the, the first one that comes to mind is if somebody uh, doesn't allow Google to crawl their website. So they've set their website to just, to, uh, the whole site is says no index and Google, you're telling Google not to put you in the index. It's probably the worst mistake you can make. So some websites have just a button, just like a little checkbox. WordPress has a, a magic button that some people, if, the, if you've built your website, maybe you rebuilt it, it's on a staging site and you've got the box ticked that says, don't crawl my site, tell Google not to crawl my site. And your developer puts it live and then three months later, you're like, why aren't we getting any traffic? You go there, it's probably that button is ticked. <laughs> you just forgot to tick that on. Oh, it's about as bad as it gets, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty frustrating. Well, in today's interview, we want to give you seven things that you can get stuck into that'll help you grow your business by getting more people to your website. And one of the things we pride ourselves in here at the Online Co. is not using jargon when we're talking to non-technical people. Uh, The problem is with SEO, it's a bit hard because some things only have a technical name. So what we're going to do, we're going to get Rich to give a technical answer in as clear English as he possibly can. Then I'm going to give an analogy of how that works. And then hopefully you can get two perspectives on the action point. 
And fingers crossed, you'll then be able to anchor both the technical and the real world. This is gonna this is gonna be a good episode. I'm sure. It will I be. like that we're gonna cover both angles <laughs> like that. Shall we jump in? Should we get started? Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so let's go to SEO action item number one, which is make your homepage clear as crystal. So I guess that seems obvious, Rich. But could you explain this a bit more? Yeah. So. Um, you know, your homepage needs to say like right off the bat, you want people to land there and know what you're about. And that's really can be really hard. You want like, depending on what you do, if you have a variety of services, usually they're in a specific area of business, but you want to have a statement that sort of summarizes it all very clearly. Um, and if you can put a keyword in there, you know, that's great. A keyword or two in there is great, but it doesn't have to be that way. You want your homepage to sort of be an about us page. Like the idea of an about us page is still relevant, but you really want your homepage to be about, all about your brand. So you want people to land there and go, oh, I know exactly where I am. And then you wanna make it really easy for them to reach out to you. So you wanna have a clickable phone number that's kind of stuck to the top right of your, cause everybody knows to look to the top right for a clickable phone number. And you wanna have maybe a call to action, right? What we call above the fold when they, wherever they land on your screen, when they're land there, you want the call to action to be there. And then you want your link to your important services or products right there too. So it's still above the fold? If you can, if you can squeeze you it can, in. Yeah. Like some people make the mistake of filling the entire screen with a hero image and they, you know, the owners think it looks great, but it's not helpful, honestly. It's like, you wanna, you wanna leave a little bit of real estate for some of the services you offer. Um, you may have a really cool picture you're attached to, I don't know, but just try to make it, you know, try to fit as much in there as you can without it being too busy. You don't want to go that direction either. You don't want it to be too it's busy. It's like a fine line you're, you're trying to balance. Yeah, it. yeah. Sometimes people are like, they try to pack everything they can in there and, you're, and you land there and you don't know where to look. So if you're doing that, then that's a clue that you're <laughs> too busy. Um, but then, you you know, just underneath the fold or, you know, close to the top, you want to um, provide what we call social proof. So testimonials, reviews, people say, you know, that have, use your services or bought your products that are saying great things about you just to make people go, Oh, cool. I'm, I'm where I need to be. People like them. I'll scroll further. Maybe I'll even click on a link. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so James, I'm sure you've got a good example. Now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we spent, we spent many years sort of dialing in our website. So the online code.net. So if you want a good example, that's a place to start, but um, you want it, people to be able to digest information quite quickly because people don't have long attention spans. And I think that's what Rich is talking about. But you also want them to feel nice, to come to the website and it feels good. So the, it, the example I use is um, if you're at the, the beach and you decide you want fish and chips for lunch and you look across the shops that are opposite the beach there and you see a shop that says fish and chips. And so it's said clearly to you what it is. Now, if it says jill's boutique or something or jill's food place <laughs> or, you know you don't know what it is right so say say what you say what you are say what you do make it clear it's a good example of that at, up up the north coast there's a fish and chip shop called aussie bobs but it just is aussie bobs well yeah, yeah. so who, someone comes to your Bob? website who is aussie bob it says welcome to aussie bobs and go I, what do you do what is yeah. aussie bob yeah yeah you could be anything um, well, then you then you're going to go up to the web up to the actual fish and chip shop in order. You got your money in your hand and you're ready to to buy lunch. And then then when you walk in, if it 
feels a bit gross, like it looks a bit dirty or the Bay Marie's are, look a bit scungy or the lighting's not clear or I, I don't know. You, you know what I'm talking about though. You walk into a place and it doesn't feel right. Mm. You're going to walk back out again. So you want it to communicate very quickly and then you want it to feel good. And, and a shop is a really good example because shop owners spend tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars making their shop feel great. So you feel mm. good in there. So essentially you just want to do the exact same on your website. That's right. Yeah, Perfect. that's right. Get them on there. Yeah, when I talked about the hero image, you don't, you want to pick something that's appealing and relevant. And, and sometimes it can be really hard to, to find the right photo. Mm. But. Okay. Well, let's keep going. So we'll move on to action item number two, which is optimize the meta titles of your web page. I Sounds guess like this is one of those yeah. technical <laughs> ones that no has easy to way stay to technical. That. But, yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. trying not to be jargon, but okay. So I'll try to explain what a meta title is. So on every website on the internet, there are there's a lot going on in the background that you don't see. So there's code and all that stuff. So a meta title is the easiest way to describe it is it's the blue bit that you see in the in the Google search returns when you search for something, and you see a list of websites that show up in the return. There's the blue bit and then the little description underneath it. The title is the blue bit. And okay. you wanna think uh, every website has the ability to edit this, whatever you're using. WordPress makes it very easy. Some CMSs, content management systems, do not. Um, but you want, these are the most important parts of SEO. You, it's, you want your titles and your descriptions and what we call an H1, which is your headings to be very clear you want them to have the keywords that you, you you want people to be using to find you. You want them in there. It's a, basically an advertisement. You think of it as you know. You look at the ads that are up above, and they're you know they're trying to entice you. This is what you're you're using your 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 title and meta description are basically your your free ads. So you want to write something that's keyword rich that draws people's attention that's relevant, so Google will list it there, and then will will draw people into your website. And there is a character length. There's a character length limit for the title as well. It's recommend. It's more. It's actually a pixel size. Um, it's depending on, because Google is all about mobile now, so um, it's a hard one to to get exactly right. But um, a lot of tools out there will will show you you've gone too far, or you don't have enough, or whatever. And the meta description also has a character limit as well. So it's a little bit like writing for Twitter. You can only do so much, but you have to really get very creative sometimes to pack as much enticing and relevant information into the title and meta description as you can. But as I said, they're, they're the most important, you know, factors for SEO. They're the number one, two, and three title, meta description, and H1. Although many SEOs will tell you that meta descriptions don't matter as much as they used to might be true, but there's still, you want people to click on your, your ad. Um, and the meta description is the, the copy that you use to entice them with, you know, what you're offering. So, and the H1, I, these days I try to get my H1 to match really closely to my meta title as I can. So when people see the meta title, they go, okay, cool. And then they go to the website. And then what we were saying in the previous action item, oh, they see it's exactly what they said it was going to be. It's, oh, it's okay. almost, it's the okay. exact same thing as that, yep. that, uh, that title that I saw in Google. So. No, that makes sense. I think you've done pretty well to take something that's fairly technical. And explain. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure, I think James. I'm sure you're gonna have another good analogy yeah, for those of us that need analogies. Well, if if to you understand. go into a bookshop, 
all you can see generally is the spine of the book. Like they're all lined up. And you're often you're going to choose whether to look at that book or not based on what's on the spine. Mm. And you can only fit a few words there and it's pretty much how Google works. Um, if you then pick up that book and you open it, you might read the like the little introduction in the front sleeve. That's a bit like your meta description. But you really don't have a lot of words or a lot of time to convince people to come to your website. And so the meta title and the meta description are the two things that people use. It's also the thing that Google uses to decide where to put you based on the keywords there. So I think that's a, a brilliant analogy. I don't think I've ever heard anybody explain it meta titles and h1s and keywords like that that's yeah that, okay and whoever's listening to this that is gold you need to save that, this part of the podcast specifically because that, that is brilliant uh we'll carry on so action item number three so make your website load more quickly i oh, hate slow websites if we're only that easy so yeah. um last one was starting to dive into technical seo a little bit like behind the scenes okay, well yep. this is fully technical it's very behind the scenes so google in the last like, the last year so 2021 in june um made part of the algorithm this thing that they call core web vitals which is um basically google's attempt to try and measure user experience on a website and one of the biggest factors in that is performance which performance equals how quickly your 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 website loads on mobile specifically. Desktop, still a factor, but Google's interested in mobile because everybody uses their phones for everything these days. So if, you're, if your website doesn't load fast on mobile, you're losing, you are, you are not doing well. Google will penalize you for that. So depending on where your website is hosted, um, there's, there's a variety of things you can do. It depends on your host and your, what you're using to build your website. So if it's WordPress, there are plugins you can use to increase your 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 page load speeds, caching plugins. Um, those are there's a few really good ones, but it's not just a set and forget thing. Yeah, it's, it's you have it requires constant checking and tweaking. Yeah. Like we, yeah, you're, you're, it's not something that, um, like I said, it's not set and forget. It's not something that goes away. It's not like something happy. you do once when you set up your website. I wish it was. Oh, I've done that task now. We can carry on. Yeah. No. And some, and oftentimes, you know, if you're paying twenty dollars a year for hosting, you're probably not. Your 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 page year load speed is probably <laughs> suffering, and you're. I would guess you're, you're. Why does my site load so slowly? Well, maybe you're okay. not. You need to spend a little more on your hosting. You need to make sure that your host gives you lots of memory, that you're not hosted with 150 other websites. Some of those websites may be pulling bandwidth from yours. Uh, yeah, there's. You just need to make sure your website loads quickly. There's, you could go, you could type into Google, why is my website not loading quickly? And, and you'll get a whole list of answers. Um, Google has a tool called Lighthouse that is an extension for the Chrome browser that you can use to, ex to check your page load okay. speed. And it'll give you a whole list of suggestions. And you'll see that list if you're not technical and you'll be like, whoa, I don't know what to do here. That's where you go, you, you know, maybe get in touch with someone like the online co or the, your developer, whoever built the website, your host, any of those things. And, um, yeah, I just recommend you do whatever you can to make sure that your, your, your site, that, that you're, you're scoring at least 80 or above would be optimal in that performance score for lighthouse. Okay. Well, um, it can often be rich, just the size of the images. Sometimes people are oh, yeah, that's true. massive image sizes. So. So that can be a good place to start that most people can understand. That's um, true. The analogy I'd 
I'd use here is if you're in a running race, and, and I haven't been in a running race since school. Um, so obviously the, the aim is to get across the line first. And, and with SEO, the, the goal is to get in position one. And um, if you start that race and everybody's lined up there with their running shoes on there and there you are with army boots on, um, you're going to run pretty slow and everyone's going to beat you. And Google really look at this and they go, hey, everybody's loading fast and, and you're as slow as a wet week. Um, yeah. You need to speed but, up, man. Get rid of the yeah. army boots. I want to jump back to what you said about images because that's, <clears throat> I totally forgot about that, but that's one of the, that's a simple thing that you can do mm. right away um, without being too technical. So oftentimes a mistake website owners will make is to upload, like they'll just take an image right off their phone and just upload it to the website. And they're usually like five, seven megabytes. Massive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to, you need to resize those images and optimize them before you post them. And there is a website that I use. It's great. Cause you can actually resize the images there. You can't crop them, but you can at least, okay. I say that the, the, the max width of your images should be 1920 pixels wide at this point, maybe in 10 years, it'll be wider, you know, cause 4k and monitors and all that stuff. But right now, 1920 is about as wide as you want to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, you don't want anything that's, if it's one megabyte, that's too much. 500 kilobytes, that's half a megabyte bordering on too much, but it's probably okay. You don't want to go any higher than 500 kilobytes if possible. So resize your images. Use that app that I said, squoosh.app. Any of these tips that Rich gives and there's a, a links or websites, we'll uh, definitely put those links in the show notes. So don't, no need to grab your pen and paper out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep pushing on. So we'll move on to SEO action item number four. So see what Google is showing for your website using site colon yourwebsite.com.au. You're yeah. gonna to have to unpack this one a bit, Rich. Yeah, yeah. So Google has this fun feature. There, Google is full of hidden features. This is just one that you can use to see uh, what which pages on your site Google has indexed and which ones are most important. So you do this site colon, go to Google, type in site colon, your URL, your domain, and then Google will show you all the pages that are in the index and in order of what it considers most important. So if you put that in and there's nothing, no returns, uh-oh, you got a problem. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not in the index. Oftentimes we see that, you know, a website that the people think, oh, I've only got 10 pages on my website. You put that in, oh, why do I have 500 in here? Well, you've got too many listed. So there's things that you need to, you don't need to list. Uh, it's, it's complicated, but sometimes WordPress can just create pages and pages of archives is what they're called, like for, for depending on categories that you've set up. So there's a bunch of pages that don't need to be listed at all that you can hide from Google and just keep your core content there. And this is just a really good way to, you know, get a quick pulse check on Google just to make sure that you're, the balance is right, that you're, that the pages you want listed are, are on Google. And then that first page of results, your most important pages should be there. So if you look at those results and you're like, why is that page on the front? Then that's a clue that you maybe need to re-optimize some of the pages that aren't appearing there. Yeah, that's a really good point you've made that you said at the beginning. So Google will show you what it thinks or what it deems is your most important pages. So yeah. as you just said, if you've got some weird page turning up there that you're like, hang on a minute, that should be archived or, or that's just Yeah, like blog page four or something. And you're yeah, like, what? Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's good again. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm sure, James, you've got a good example for this one. 
this well, one this one lends itself to a good yeah, example. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose if um, I suppose if you've been playing sport or something and you've hurt your arm and it's in pain and it's not working properly, um, you'd go and get an X-ray and it would tell you if you've broken your arm or not. And it's the same if your website's like it's not working properly. There's people, no one's coming here. Um, this is kind of the same thing. Let's let's get a look inside what Google's seeing. Um, and uh, find out what's broken in Google's index. Just gives you a look at a look at what Google's seeing. And this is free, right? Isn't it? You just go into Google, type this yeah. in, and, and yeah. Go to google.com.au, yeah. type in. You can do it for any website on the web. You can yeah. look at what your competitors are doing yeah. and all that stuff. So. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep going on. So we'll move on to action item number five, which is submit a properly formatted sitemap to Google. All right. So. Google has another free tool called Search Console. So Google's full of free tools. They're full of free tools, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. The, how helpful they are is debatable, but they're... <laughs> well, you've got to know how to use them. Sometimes they're a little frustrating, <laughs> but but this is a good tool uh, for this. Um, so this Google Search Console, you can if you have an analytics account, if you have a Google account, you can you have you automatically have Search Console and all this stuff. You just maybe haven't accessed it yet. So um, you there's a there's a type of file sitemap.xml that hopefully you can find a way to automatically generate for your website. And it will just be a list of all your pages uh, on your website. It'll just be all the URLs in a special format that Google understands. And it will um, have one of the most important aspects of the sitemap is that it it's, there's a frequency line item and it tells you when it was last updated. So this is Google's way of checking which pages have been updated the most recently because that's what Google wants is fresh content. So mm -hmm. if you look at, you know, any news website, they'll post a news item and within minutes it'll be on Google in their news feed or whatever. And this, the reason for that, one of the reasons is because Google knows they're a news site. They're up, they're updating stuff often. So Google is crawling their website often, checks the sitemap, goes, Oh, look at that. This is, this just came out. So, you know, okay. I'm going to, Google's going to crawl it and list it. So if your website, I'm, you're getting a few tips here because um, <laughs> that's great. No, it's good. You I have, don't think this you have stuff fresh is content. Yeah. You have fresh content on your website. Um, the more you, you um, keep your site fresh, I'm not saying publish content for the sake of publishing content, but keep your site, update your site, keep it fresh at least once a week, update something on your website. Google will crawl it more often and you'll have more priority in the list of, of, uh, you know, where you sit in the, the index because of that. So when you say update something, so content, you, I mean, you alluded to content. Do you have yeah. any other like sort of quick and easy examples of people, things that people could do? Uh, so if you've got an article, let's say you wrote an article, a good example is like something, something trends of 2021. Well, it's 2022 now. So you need to okay. update that article to be for 2022. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you can, in a search console, you can identify, you know, you can zero in on the content that's performing on your website. So you can click on a URL and you can see that it was performing and it hasn't been updated in a while and, it, and the numbers might be starting to drop. So maybe you need to review that article and update it. So it's more, you know, you, you only have to update like 20% of your article for Google okay. to take notice. So okay. the sitemap to get back to the whole point <laughs> is there to just, to, to keep Google informed as to what's newest on your website and what pages it should crawl. So if you have WordPress, there are plugins that will do this automatically for you. So that's really handy. When you, when you hide certain pages from your, from your, from 
Google's index, they should not be in the sitemap. So you don't want to confuse Google by having things in there that you don't want indexed. Just keep it clean. So. So I feel as though, James, this is a good time for our non-technical yeah. friends to mm -hmm. get one of your very friendly and useful analogies. <laughs> as good as your answer was, Rich. Well, I appreciate thanks. that. But. If you wanted to have Google over for dinner, um, it wouldn't be enough to say, hey, I'm in Sydney. Um, you'd have to give them your address and then a map to get there. And, and I suppose if Sydney is like the internet, there's, I don't know how many houses in Sydney, three million? Something like that? Let's say three million. Something like that, let's so, say. Someone yeah. can tell me if I'm wrong. Um, there's an awful lot of houses, right? So it doesn't know where you are. You've got to tell it exactly where it is and then how to get there. All the streets to get there. And then that's basically you're saying, hey, Google, here we are. Here's all of my streets. Come over for dinner. <laughs> okay. So this, um, I mean, that sort of helps lead into our next action item. Rich, you, you were touching on, on content. Um, so action item number six is write an article that answers a customer's question. Yeah, it's kind of an obvious one. So you might even have as a business, you might even have an FAQ page on your website. You know, you, you've probably got a list of questions that, you know, qu customers ask often. So rather than the old school way was to have quest on an FAQ page, you've got a list of 15 questions. You answer the question in one line, move on to the next one. The, a good thing to do is to unpack that question a little more, maybe do a little research and see if you can get even more specific or find a better question that maybe more people are asking that are the same question, maybe just at different words, create an article, write an article that answers the question as succinctly as you can in the first paragraph, but then go into detail, write a that's 700 a, that's a word really article. Idea. Like, yeah, it I works. Anyone would have thought of that just to really like pack it out. Like yeah. So on your FAQ page, you've got this list of questions. You know that you know they're they're questions people are asking. Rather than answer the whole thing right there, you provide a summary, and then you have a little link off to your article where they can read the full answer. And you know, then your FAQ page becomes a little more uh, interesting and interactive and connected to the rest of your website. Um, there's a lot of tools you can use to to do what I just said. You know, find out you know, what ans what questions people are asking. There's a, there's a tool called Answer the Public that does it in a very pretty way. It's, the results look really, are just fun to look at. It's like a little matrix surround, you know, there's a little guy, a little icon of a, a, a person appears and then the, you, you basically type a keyword into that tool and then it'll give you all the who questions, what questions, how questions, why questions, and in a nice little round grid it is and very it, fun to look at. It's that cool. <laughs> you might find your, you might find, oh, that's that's really a great way to ask that question. So, you, and you might have new questions. You know, you might have a whole another series of questions that are related. So, mm. oh, that's a that's a really great idea. You want an analogy? I, I reckon you've got I, an. I've analogy. got a really complicated one. Just imagine. Yeah. I mean, I was trying, I was trying to think of one, but I mean, <laughs> you are the analogy king. Well, imagine I think this is the best analogy yet. <laughs> imagine you're sitting there at a cafe someone asks you a question and then you answer it <laughs> <laughs> or better yet they come wow. into your business they come into your business and ask you a question and you answer it you yeah. have the answer that's whoa right. that's unbelievable <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you, you, you know if you're working in your business and you're talking to customers you know the questions they ask they're talking Listen, you, you the get time. the same questions all the time right like you, you get the same questions all the time about SEO write it down it's yeah. a great way to get 
relevant traffic to your website. People want answers. Yep. You know, that's why they go to Google. They're, they that's have a it. question. That's why they're typing in Google. So yeah. you, you may as well use that, right? Yeah. And so our last action item, so number seven, keyword research is most important, is the most important part of SEO, but it's massive. Yes, I it's think true. you're going to have to uh, really break <laughs> this one down a bit, Rich. Yeah. So um, keyword research, it, for new clients, it can take between six to 12 hours to do keyword research. Um, what you want to do as a business is start off with a list of 10 keywords that you think people will be typing into Google to find your business. Uh, and then I recommend that you use Chrome browser and get a plugin or add-on called Keyword Surfer. And what that does is it, it adds information to the search results. So you, Take those keywords, put them into Google with Keyword Surfer installed, and then you'll start to see data attached to those results. So you can choose which country you're in with that, you know, which country the results data is for. And the data you'll see is mo the, the most important data for you to pay attention to is the number next to the search term in the bar. And that is the average monthly search volume, which means how many times that term was searched for in Australia. That's what we use to determine the value of the keyword. Um, if it has a higher number, then it's more got more searches, so it's probably more valuable to you. The, the tricky thing is to not get so fixated on the numbers that are super high, like the broad keywords. You know, if you, I'm just trying to think of something like electrical services, it's pretty broad. Um, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be location specific. So, you know, you might, if you put your suburb at the end of it, that's going to be more specific. You're going to get results for, for, for your, your area. It's probably not a good example because it's so local based. I'm just trying to think of something like buy books or something, you know, it's so broad. Don't get fixated because that, that would just return like 28,000 searches. And because it's a big number doesn't mean, Oh, I can do it. It means you'll have more competition and it's tougher to get. So, you want to oh, focus okay. on, you want to choose keywords that are really what we call long tail that are, that are um, more focused towards your business, especially around local. If you're a local business, local is more and more important than anything these days. It's the thing on so Google. When you say keywords, you don't just mean typing one word. You could type no, in, when you say long phrase. tail, that means a bit of a phrase, right? So yeah, it's like, yeah. it might be, yeah buy books from here or electrician services yeah Sydney, or you can even get more maybe you're a niche bookstore like a specific kind of book you know like the more specific you can get so you could be like something about your caravanning books something yeah. like that like something sure. super niche if that's, <laughs> that's if that, niche. Yeah. yeah yeah if that's yeah. your if that's your niche then live in the niche you know like <laughs> own that myself niche. a new hobby <laughs> Yeah. You want to own the niche. You want to own your portion of Google. Like you really want to own it. So figure out what that is. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, keyword surfer is, it, it'll give you the numbers, but it'll also give you recommendations. So on the right in the results, you'll see, uh, okay. you know, keywords and it'll show you the volume for those as well. So you're like, you may have typed something in and maybe it didn't give you, you know, maybe 10 searches a month. And you look in the right, you might be like, oh, surprised at some of the things it recommends. So start to build out your, your, um, so you start right. with what you, what you think you should have as your keywords and then you get those yeah. suggested results and, and sort of build on it a bit. Right. Cause business owners tend not to really actually know the keywords yeah. they think they do. And then they end up like, they're usually really broad and, but they need to be more, being more specific is tougher. Um, yeah. 
And um, yeah, just start to build out your, your list. Just start a spreadsheet and cluster them together. Like don't just put them all in one big line and then call it good. Try to try to divvy them up by topic. Try to keep them closely clustered. Like, you know, you, books is a good example because there's you, books might be its own topic, but then you've got several different, you know, science fiction, nonfiction, fiction, you know, you can have all these different clusters. So you want to just start to break it down and, and categorize it so that you're, you're really clear about what terms are valuable. And then you can start optimizing your site with that. Yeah. So we've got a free workshop on our website where Rich spends an hour unpacking that in more detail. He's, he's given you the sort of quick fix approach. That's not that's not the professional approach we take that takes hours and hours. That's the, uh, you know, if you're a novice, a beginner or a business owner just looking to get some understanding, that's, that's where to go. Um, I'll give my analogy. Uh, it's the last one round us out well I'll, I'll use i'll use sydney as an example again is that there's a lot of roads in sydney there's obviously the really big ones the, the motorways that connect everything to everything else and there's loads and loads and loads of people driving on those roads so there's lots and lots of traffic but then you'll come off those roads and then there'll be main roads in towns still plenty of traffic on them but not as many as freeways then there'll be the then there'll be some side roads and some less main roads, and then there'll be a back streets where there's houses and there's cul-de-sacs and hardly any traffic, and the search um, your your keywords are very similar. These are really really heavy busy ones, right down to your really small niche ones, and typically, if you can get onto some of those main roads in a town or those side roads, you're probably likely to do quite well. Um, don't. Don't target the really big ones and the really small ones. Perhaps there's, there's nobody going down there. It's those ones that are either in the middle or sort of smaller than middle. They're really, really useful ones. So try and put try and put your website by using keywords onto some of the onto the good roads that'll find you good traffic. Yeah, I think that that was as the uh, action item said. You know, keyword research is massive. <laughs> the the analogy in your answer, Rich, you, you guys did well to to break that down as best we could in a, in in a short podcast. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Rich. My pleasure. Been great having you along, and thank you, Jess. My pleasure as well. Thank you, James. Now, all of the links, as Jess said, are in the show notes. Um, uh, if you need help with SEO, we obviously have a workflow. We can do it all for you. Um, just jump on the onlineco.net and click on that let's have a quick chat button. We'd love to talk to you and see how we can help. This episode of Getting to the Heart of Business was brought to you by The Online Co. It was produced and music by Harry Parnwell. You can find us at theonlineco.net. If this has been helpful, we'd love you to share it with someone, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review.